and one. Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. And I'm here tonight. It's a treat. A treat of a game and a treat to have Kurt Levins here. Hey, Kurt. Hey, David. How are you tonight? I, I'm i kind of thrilled and ecstatic. And <laughs> that was the most fun. That was the most fun I've had in at least two years, I think, watching a hockey game, Kurt. I thought that, Gwen that was, Anderson and Paul Coffey were great. <laughs> <laughs> that was, if you ever wondered, if you ever wondered, anyone's ever wondered, what's 1980s hockey like? Oh. That, that was it. Full of mistakes, full of bonehead plays, and full of fantastic plays. That was that was just, people at that game, they must just be flying out of that rank right now. They just do that in cloud nine. Yeah, I mean, there'll be a two-hour video session with Dave Tippett tomorrow because <laughs> there were so many mistakes made, but that was fun, man. Like you, I just sat back in my seat and howled. It was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was howling as that, uh, especially on that five on three where Drysaddle got the puck out. Oh, I was just crowing when he when he when he did that. I love that. But there was all there was just such a ton of moments, and it's hard to. I think we're going to be a little bit scattered tonight because there was so much to talk about in that game. But we're going to try to keep it a bit focused because we have the two good things, two bad things, and two numbers format. So, Kurt, let's start with uh, with your good thing. Well, my good thing is two games into the regular season, it's so obvious that this team is so much faster than it was last year. I mean, the speed that we see, I mean, you know, you get speed from, you know, guys like guys like McDavid and and Leon and, and Nuge. But now we're seeing actual speed coming out of the out of the bottom six and and guys on the wing that can fly. I mean, uh, Nygaard tonight had his had his boots on and and Haas. Also, who who played? Uh, what I think he played over twelve minutes tonight after just playing two minutes uh, in the Vancouver game. Clearly has wheels on him. I don't know if he's fast, but he's quick. And oh, he's, so that's he, he's fast. And yeah, like he's a good skater. That's his game, and it's really it's kind of fun to watch him out there. It's like again, it's a third line center from another era. A third line center who can actually wheel. I like it. He, yeah, you know, after after so many years of God, God bless him. <laughs> of, of, of Boyd Gordon and and Matt Hendricks and those guys in our bottom six. Now we have guys who can actually skate. It's so refreshing after <laughs> after what we've been through, man. It's uh, it, it, it's a real treat to watch. And you brought like these these bottom line guys. What contributions they made? Like th- this is a game the Oilers do not win last year. They don't come close to coming back repeatedly. They kept coming back coming back, coming back, and they came back because the bottom lines have some get up and go. They have some speed and they scored a couple goals. This doesn't happen last year. No, secondary scoring was absent last year and we got two goals from our from our bottom six. The Yurko set up on, on Nurse and then the Haas hustle to set up Nygaard in front. I mean, with so many games, we just begged for that to happen last year and it didn't. So yeah, I'm with you. That was huge. What a sweet play by Yurcho, eh? Like deking that guy and setting oh. up... Uh, that was Roy's nurse. still looking for his job strap. <laughs> that was some kind of uh, high level move, man. And nurse credit to him. He really picked his spot. He drained it. Moved in and drained it. Absolutely. That was yeah. a thing of beauty. Okay. So my good thing is it's kind of combined with a bad thing. Like, I mean, there, there, there was like a million face palms across oil country, uh, early in the game with Mike Smith's plays and, and you might be getting into that later. So I'm not going to go on, but my good thing is his bounce back. After that, um, and right to the end, right into the final seconds of the game, he made a ton of really big saves. I mean, the Kings, I haven't counted it up yet, but uh, they really significantly outchanced the Oilers um, as that game went along. 
And um, I guess it was a little bit more even in the third period. But as the second period went along, the Kings started to assert themselves. And they were, they were uh, you know, opening night, wanting to win one from, you knew McClellan. That's the kind of game McClellan was just desperate to win. They came on strong. But Mike Smith, some huge, huge, huge saves. And he was their best penalty killer tonight. Like a lot of them were on the, uh, when the Oilers were on the PK. So good for him. Like that, it, that was as horrible as he was early in the game. He was, <laughs> He was pretty damn good late in the game. Yeah, you know, I don't think you'd put on a goaltending clinic uh, with the way that he won tonight, but he did <laughs> two things. He competed like a damn, yeah. uh, and he battled uh, from from the first two giveaways, and we'll get into those, and then I thought the third goal was a softie too, and I thought the hook was coming. But you know what? Dave Tippett has confidence in this guy. <laughs> He's been with them for years, and way back to when Smith was a rookie in Dallas, right? And I think Dave said, you know what? I've seen this movie before. I'm sticking with him. And in retrospect, I'm glad he did. The third goal was a tough, a little bit tough. I mean, it was in, in pretty tight, you know, like if, if it hadn't been preceded by those two horrible plays, <laughs> I don't know, it might've not stuck out as much. So what's your that, back? That's fair. And, and McDavid uh, uh, slipped his check on that as well. So, oh, I mean, I'll, I'll give Smith did a bit he, of a did he ever. That was terrible. Yeah. That yeah. was not good. Okay. What's your bad thing? My bad thing, <laughs> we were just talking about Mike okay. Smith. Uh, um, the okay. two giveaways. Uh, the, the one, I, it's still on him, but you know what? Darnell Nurse had to put himself in a better defensive position there. Um, he, he, yeah. he, he just didn't read that play well. And so, yeah, the giveaway was on Smith, but Darnell needs to be smarter there. The other one was on Smith, and it was, it was just a just a doofus play by, by him and his own men. But you know what, when you've got, I, I tweeted this out earlier tonight, when you've got a goaltender like Smith, who is such a huge part of his game is handling the puck, you've got to prepare yourself for one of those every so often, because when you're out there that much and you're taking that many chances, one or two of them are going to bounce back in the wrong way on you. You just kind of hope two don't happen in the same period. Yeah. I thought nurse actually was going to get to that puck before uh, the Kings player. I'd have to look at it again, but uh, there was no need for Smith to play that one, the first one. Yeah, so my my bad thing will be, <laughs> there's a couple, like the, the uh, that um, too many men on the ice call in the oh. third period. Now, I don't know who it was, McDavid or Nuge, but it's like two of the smartest players in the NHL and they miscommunicated because Nuge jumps on for, Mc, he's thinking, I think McDavid's coming off and McDavid doesn't come off. And yeah, so there's no there's no eye contact there's no vocal communication so i don't know who's to blame one or the other or both but that was i mean that almost killed them in the game right like that oh was, yeah that was they did score right there were so many goals i'm trying to like, i think they scored on that uh power play if i'm not mistaken it'll be driving dave tippett nuts because of course that's the third too many men on the ice penalty in two games for these guys now yeah and then then care of course breaks his stick <laughs> okay, in that situation, should the player just go to the bench and get you know, another stick? Like, I, just I, just I, go. I, it's only five. It's only he was literally five feet away at one point, and it would have been a micro. You know, it would have been two seconds out of the play. Go get your stick. I hear that argument all the time, and I get it. But you know what? It, it was a helmet, not a stick. But think back to the other night. Connor McDavid has to stop. It's the new rule now. Has to stop and pick up his helmet. It, yeah. it immediately gave the Canucks an extra man advantage and they put the puck in the net. I kind of come at it a, a different way. I mean, your stick breaks, your stick breaks. You can't do much about that. 
uh, play the best positional game you can. I'm, I'm not the guy who says you should go get the stick, but ah, what do I know? Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I think it's situational. I think if you're actually out there really close, because he, he was, out at one, there was one moment where he had that chance to get the stick. So I don't think it's a, it's, it's, it's a matter of judgment and it's how close you are to the bench. And so I thought in this situation, maybe, maybe not. So Well, so he the, was up near the wall. I'll give you yeah, that for sure. The, <laughs> and then the other one. Dreisaitl, he's breaking down. He's, it's a three-on-one with no one in net. And I don't know if he's trying to set up James Neal for the goal, but he has Darnell Nurse. He has Darnell Nurse. I can't read it. I don't want to read his mind, but he has Darnell Nurse steaming like wide open. He just had to flip it over there and the game, it's game over. But he passed. He made the wrong pass to Neal. Dreisaitl is so smart that he, he must have been trying. He would have made the right pass because he almost always does. So, but it almost cost them the game. Well, because because then Neil Neil tried to pass it back and then takes a stupid dripping penalty in the offensive zone with with the net empty. I mean, he's got to be smarter than that. And the Kings get two bang-bang chances, right, in the final seconds. Okay, uh, I almost said Bruce. Sorry, Kurt. That's okay. I've been called (laughs) a lot worse. (laughs) I'd take it as a compliment as well. Yeah. Uh, All right. What's your number? My number uh, 67, Anze Kopitar, uh, was a thorn in the Oilers' side all night long, particularly in the face-off circle. This guy took, took more than a third of his team's draws on the night, one two-thirds that he did take, including a bunch in the offensive zone, which gave the Kings more zone time than they should have had. I'll give Leon Dreisaitl credit for, for, you know, because he was, he was on the ice lining up with this guy most of the times, but man, Kopitar is is good in the circle, and he just dominated the Oilers tonight. He was scary. Every time he was on the ice, he was scary. He was scary. Still a top 10 center in the NHL in my books. I know he had an off year, but boy, that guy can play. Yeah. How much did uh, Joel Parrison play? 14-49. He was 14-49 pretty iffy minutes, eh? Like, uh, I thought yeah. Bear, 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 did, <clears throat> Bear had a few iffy moments, but he acquitted himself pretty well. But Parrison, I mean, it's his first game. He's coming off injury, so we'll see how he does the next game. Yeah, I thought the speed was an issue for him early, but I thought he evened out a little bit as the game went on. Yeah. Okay, my number, I'm going to just just change my number up here on the fly because this is the significant number, 2-0. and Kurt, the Oilers are 2 Yeah. That's, <laughs> no, it's kind of pathetic that we're so excited about that. It really is. But well, I'm you really know, excited I'll about that. <laughs> it's been so hard these last few years. And getting off to a good start. And it's, and you know, this game, both games, I don't know if I haven't actually added up the scoring chances yet. You know, the first game, they were significantly outchanced. I don't think they were this. I think this game was more even, but, um, they have looked, especially in this game, they looked, uh, I, I thought they were the better team, even though the Kings had lots of great chances. I thought the Kings were kind of lucky to be in this game all along. I was getting that feeling that they were just getting all the breaks and getting kind of lucky, except the refs, of course, finally called some penalties on the Kings, which never happens, but it happened that game. But I just thought the orders are, this is a different Oilers team than we've watched. And I'm hoping this is the case. Like so far, it looks like this is a different Oilers team than we saw the last two years. And they're significantly faster and they can move the puck a little bit, at least a little bit better. Oh I mean, yeah. And, and Negard, he got that great <laughs> Got that great goal. I was worried. I've been, you know, I have PTSD from past season. I'm and, I, and I'm thinking, oh God, he's going to have a Tobias reader of his season. <laughs> oh, he's, 
It's not going to happen. He's and you know, for a little guy, he had three hits tonight too. Like he's not afraid to go to the to the tough areas. I'm I'm impressed with him early on. He's got a lot of skill. He he he's able to deke players, control the puck. He's physical. If he doesn't get hurt, like he's going to be a good player this year. He already is. So mm-hmm. that was a really uh, it's looking like a good signing. And and we haven't have we have we talked about James Neal's taking out taking taking out the trash. Ooh boy, taking out the trash goals, man. That is what you like to see. Two goals right on the crease there. You know, I, people used to make fun of all the goals that Brian Trotche used to score because Trot scored most of the most of his goals from right at the top of the crease and, and, and half of them were just tap-ins, but you know what? Brian was always willing to go to the net and take abuse. And that's how he scored goals. And Neil's the same. People forget that Neil, Neil has an edge to him and he, he's, he's a good sized guy. And to have a guy with that kind of net front presence who also has the hands to be able to put it away. I mean, if, 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 if he has 10 more games, like he had tonight, you win that trade going home. Yeah, and I don't like, like I have the te- I feel the temptation to constantly uh, criticize Milan Lucic and to bring him up, and and we won't do it all year. We're going to do it though early in the year because it's the, the the contrast is so stark. Those are two goals that Milan Lucic would not have scored. Hundred percent, he would not have. And and the difference is James Neal's hands. So, wow, that that uh, that was that's a very very significant trade. I mean, the other thing Lucic going opens up space on the bottom line for a faster player and we're seeing that as well so the other thing i thought we saw tonight was was superior transition from the back end certainly all the defenders except for maybe clefbaum had some issues um defending but in terms of you too yeah you know but in terms of moving the puck i mean man bear can transition the puck and pearson yeah you know not bad not bad either and Uh, russell's not russell's not bad well, you know, now that he's now on, that he's on the left, left hand side, side yeah. he, he's not having to hammer pucks up the wall as much anymore. And way more pucks are going north under Russell's watch now than they were last year. Benning's still struggling a little bit. Larson was struggling a little bit when before he got hurt. But um, yeah, Bear's really good. And I, 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 I was hoping that we would see kind of uh, two attack pairs of defensemen. We saw it tonight and six goals, Kurt. And I have to say... Oscar Clefbaum, who I've been critical of the last two years, partly because he's been hurt, uh, partly because he's had some defensive issues. But, you know, he, I've always been hopeful because of what he showed in the 2017 playoffs when he was an absolutely, he might have been the Oilers' best player overall yep. in the 2017 playoffs. He was that good. And he, this, so far early this year, he is just playing spectacular hockey. He's just really playing like the the top D man, top top puck moving demon that the Oilers need. So good for Oscar Clefbaum. Yeah, he is clearly their best defenseman two games in yeah. the season. Yeah. Uh, in terms of two-way play, there's no question about it. And what a bargain. Oh, that contract is, if he can stay healthy, that contract <laughs> is awesome. Yeah. If he had been healthy the last two years, I think we would have seen this player the last two years, but it's just endless like injuries with the guy. So he deserves a healthy year. I hope he has a healthy year because he really, when he is at the top of his game, he is such a fine hockey player. So good for Oscar Clefbaum. You know, at the risk of being a Debbie Downer, I will say one thing about tonight, David, which is you're not going to give up five goals in the NHL and win very damn often. Uh, so Dave Tippett has a few has a, has a few clips to show some of his players uh, before they they head out on the road, including McDavid. 
Like we, yeah. we, we raised that before, but that was, that was horrendous. Oh, and the Colby cave where, where cave oh, first, he didn't it, get out of his own end. Then he lost his man coming off the wall and walked in and scored. I think he only got one shift and that was on the PK after that. And, you know, Shahan is apparently close to coming back. I mean, if I'm putting a lineup together, I don't know about you, David, but I keep Shahan and Haas in and Cave fits. We'll see what Kippet does. It'll be an interesting call. It'll say a lot about the coach. But, I mean, um, just let's let's have a look at the event summary tonight. So, Cave, I think we're getting our answer, Kurt. 6.33 Cave and Haas, as you said, played uh, 12 minutes. Yeah. So, already. So, it's really interesting because Tippett didn't have necessarily this reputation of being the coach who goes with speed and skill. That's what we're seeing though. It's what we're seeing right now. So good well, you know, for, it's the you new NHL and good for these guys. Adapting. When you go back to when Dave played junior and I watched Dave play a lot of junior hockey games for Terry Simpson with the Prince Albert Raiders, that team was fast and skilled and Dave is fast and skilled. Um, he has that in his DNA. I, I think, I think that Dave Tippett got the reputation for being a defensive coach because he was coaching a lot of crappy teams that didn't have much high-end talent. Um, now that he's got some guys that can fly, and now that he has some top-end talent, I think we'll see a slightly different Dave Tippett in terms of his coaching as well. Yeah, sweet. Top line was pretty good at other times. McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Cassian, they were actually really dominant. And Leon Dreisaitl, my number, my, my, my number is, since we're rambling anyway, my previous number was going to be the 26 minutes that Dreisaitl played. He, he was, he's been... <laughs> He's been amazing. He's been yeah. absolutely amazing the first two games of the year. He's been playing like an MVP. Um, that's how strong he's been. He's yeah. just such a dominant, dominant, dominant hockey player. And the, the player that we all saw in the 2017 playoffs and we've seen snippets of since then and, you know, but just, just driving the play. Well, him. in the one third period power play, the Kings had twice dry settled, broke up plays in the defensive zone and, and, and cleared it. And, and was on the right side of the puck all night long. I mean, everybody knows how dominant he can be with the puck, especially with 97. But I see a recommitted Leon Dreisaitl on defense this year. Um, I don't think 26, 27 minutes a night is sustainable. That's why they need Riley Sheehan back from, from injury. But you're yeah. right. His first two games in, there, is, there are not many holes you can poke in Leon Dreisaitl's game. He's there, Phil Esposito, 1972. <laughs> Except he moves <laughs> a little faster than Phil did. <laughs> for his time. Phil, for his time, Phil was there. <laughs> All right, Kurt, let's leave it there. Thanks for talking tonight. It's been great, David. Thanks a bunch. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast. <laughs>